I think you got to ask yourself, like you talk about sharing the gospel's good news. Why is it good news to you? Do you know why it's good news? And can you share from your personal experience why it is good news? And and if it's convicting to you that it is good news, that's going to translate a little bit. But if you don't know why it's good news in your own life, ain't nobody going to care about why it's good news to them. Welcome to the Hub Podcast, a resource for house church leaders to foster and guide healthy house churches toward deep devotion, contagious community, and missional imagination. This is an extension of Common Ground Northeast Christian Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Hub Podcast. My name is Sam Linetti. I'm the formation pastor here at Common Ground Northeast, and I'm here with the one, the only Eric Thien. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm Eric, lead pastor at Common Ground Northeast. Good to be back. Awesome. So we are uh, actually transitioning out of a series that we were doing called Reimagine Church, Reimagining the Church, and we are going into a new series that we're actually preaching from the front at our church for the next couple of weeks. And it's called wildfire. Uh, Eric, do you have any intro to that? Yeah, just, uh, you know, this, this uh, came out of a couple of different sources. We check in with our formation team all the time and just say, Hey, what do you think God is stirring in our congregation? As you talk to the house church leaders, as pastors um, and as staff, Jody, Sam and I, and um, Katie will, will be, you know, just having conversations about what we think the Holy spirit's doing um, and there is just a sense of direction moving us towards some something about evangelism. And uh, I have a friend in Phoenix who wrote a book uh, about organic forms of evangelism that he called Wildfire. And so this is where it kind of was born from. But we also just felt like the timing was perfect as we as we come out of the COVID season and move towards whatever is next there uh it just seemed like not just gathering ourselves back together but other people are seeking uh you know purpose they're seeking churches they're seeking uh meaning through spiritual um you know faith kind of search uh, searches i guess and uh and we get to be a part of that and so we've seen a lot of people come and so we just felt like and this is a, the right time to speak on evangelism and maybe reclaim some things that culturally we've lost, um, you know, just to reference the first sermon that, that evangelism is not always looked on as a favorable thing. So um, wildfire is, uh, is kind of birthed out of that moment. Uh, but even more so, what, one, of the, one of the things I kind of want to kick off and just get your perspective on um, in our discussions, um, why, why, from your perspective, what do you think it was important for us to use that term wildfire? Why do you, why did we use that? Yeah. First off, I want to make mention that you mentioned your friend who wrote this book, wildfire, give credit where credit is due here. You kind of had a hand yeah, for in sure. that title, right? Oh, you know, I don't know if he, if he remembers that, but it came up over discussions. He and I were discussing and I, uh, I actually felt like that, that term wildfire was something prophetic that God had handed to me. And we were, uh, Ed and I met regularly in Phoenix, uh, just a great mentor to me in the organic and house church movement. 
And uh, actually, I'm mentioned in the book, I got a little spot, I can't remember what page it is, but a little discussion I had uh, with he and I were meeting for breakfast at a, and a waitress um, that he engaged, you know, with the gospel. And uh, she, she and I had a, a little something that I felt like God wanted me to tell her in that moment. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if uh, it was so casual in conversations, but I kept sewing it like I think wildfire, man, it's I mean, that's that term's got something on it. <laughs> and eventually he's like, Hey, the title's wildfire. I'm like, yeah, perfect. Let's do it. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So Ed, Ed Waken, by the way, you can check out the book on Amazon, do a little plug for him. Shameless plug. So maybe we won't hang the hat on you per se, but there were conversations. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. So your question, you asked me, um, from my perspective, why do we describe the expansion of the gospel as wildfire? Um, I think at times we've, if you've been in ministry at any point, you've talked about kind of fire and what fire does, but I think it's significant to talk about it as a wildfire in, in, in indifference because, I mean, here in the Midwest, we're not that used to wildfires, but if you live, say, for instance, somewhere in California, you're used to what wildfires do, and it starts with a spark, and a small spark all of a sudden can blaze through, I mean, acres and, and thousands and thousands upon acres of, of forest and, and, and just burn everything up. And it's almost to this point where it's like you, you can't control where it's going, you can't contain it, and you have these, you know, fire crews that work tireless hours to try to contain this thing. It's, it's this thing that's hard to contain, no matter what you try to do. And uh, I remember a pastor shared this with me one time, he said, you know, it's, it's almost like whenever you have coals and like somebody stamps on it, those little sparks can like, will puff up and like continue on. Like if you, if you try to stop yeah. something out, you actually blow it into other areas and he described the gospel in that way. So I think mm. it still plays there to where, you know, if you think of other countries where persecution's happening and it continues mm -hmm. to grow, like there's pressure on it. Or if you look in, go, let's go to Acts. And it, and it said multiple times, they added to their number daily. And sometimes it was in the thousands. And you're mm -hmm. going, how is this happening? If you look oh, at yeah. what's actually happening, there is this fire that's happening, but it's almost a wildfire where it, there's no bounds to it. Anything, mm. when I think of it, anything that's dry will catch yeah. fire, right? Yeah. And it, and it doesn't discriminate. Um, it doesn't have a, a specific structure that it goes about doing. Like, uh, it might have some, some rhythms or some similar um, maybe factors that go into it that may cause a wildfire to grow or to, uh, to uh, squelch itself more often. But really, when it comes down to it, it carries itself wherever the, the fire will like catch, wherever the fire will be welcomed, it will continue to carry itself. And so when we read through the Acts, it kind of spread this way. And so I think to even call it a wildfire, yep. I think is, is interesting because when you, when you read through Acts, people were being changed. It didn't matter what, what country, what culture, what community, what village. Mm. Um, it didn't matter what, if you were in the church or out of the church. I think of at one point when Paul was preaching to those within the temple, within the synagogue and going, you know what? If y'all aren't going to catch this, I'm going to go outside to where they're meeting down by the river and hey, uh, ladies are actually leading this meeting and I'm going to go mm -hmm. talk to them because if y'all aren't catching this, the good news, they want this. 
and they get it and they're going to run with it. And so it was just kind of interesting to uh, consider it, I think, wildfire, because, I mean, that's yeah. kind of what it looked like. Um, oh, dude, I love I love all of the descriptions, like even as you mentioned um, the idea that there there are there are ways you can smother a wildfire or a, a fire when it's beginning. But um, there are multiple ways in which you can attempt to put it out that will actually cause it to spread and to grow in coals or sparks or pieces to fly out. I mean, anyone who has a fire pit, right? My kids will get in there and, you know, we're trying to, to, to put it out, move some things around. You'll see sparks flying. You have to be careful where those sparks go. And so I, yeah, I love that. Cause uh, you do see in acts, you know, which is kind of our, the, the, the example for us of a wildfire explosive type moment, almost, most viral. We've used that description too in, in, in a previous um, description of acts in our movement series, but it's um, I love that, that idea that the persecution that was intended to stamp it out actually caused it to spread and for sparks to move out. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that dude, I love that. That's great. And then of course, you know, as you're talking through acts and you go through, there's multiple cultures that in other types of philosophies, ideologies, or, or worldviews, right? Like trying to figure out how you make sense of the world. They couldn't transfer from culture to culture or gender to gender or um, across some sort of language barrier. And you see the way in which this wildfire uh, sparks that the gospel movement out, it's, uh, it's completely unstoppable. It has this transferable thing um, yeah. that, that takes place where other things maybe would not have, have created that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we see it in that time, right? We see it in Acts. We see it continue to spread. We can actually, um, uh, I can't remember who, who did, but there's this map of the expansion of, uh, you know, different world religions in, mm-hmm. and it kind of is a, it's a moving graphic that someone showed me one time and it has Christianity. And the interesting thing is you see all of the other religions kind of start at one point and spread out from there in this, um, in this particular graphic, because of the way Pentecost and all the people coming in from the outside, what you see different in the expansion of when it gets to Christianity is um, you see one one you know spot in Jerusalem start, and then all of a sudden it's like a shotgun blast. There's like little dots all over the place yeah. that begin to grow and then bleed together. So you see that, and 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 it continues, you know, from not just from Acts but moving on, and so. Um, as we think of this, that we're trying to, in in some sense, create a wildfire here and now in our day and age, in our time. And of course, we could talk about revivals and stuff, and maybe maybe that's helpful. But um, you know, just as we think about that, why? What do you think are the hindrances of 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 what would cause a a gospel wildfire in our day? What what do we do why haven't we yeah. experienced a gospel wildfire in our time at least recently in your opinion yeah no that's a really good question um i think there's layers to it i think there's different factors that go into mm-hmm. it um i'll go kind of maybe from a personal standpoint and then a, a corporate standpoint if if we can do that yeah um and we break it down a little bit in our series about what's needed for a wildfire and heat, oxygen, and fuel. And y'all, if, if you want more information on that, you got to listen in on Sundays because I ain't going to take that thunder. But <laughs> um, I'll say this from a personal standpoint, part of my like 
this might sound harsh and Eric, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but you know, there, there, there's something that fire needs, which is heat. Right. And we talked a little bit about it in our series about like, that's what really causes fires to go. Right. It's the heat. And it's that heat that continues to carry things on. And so part of me is like, man, if you haven't seen the gospel spread like wildfire in your own spheres of influence, my question would be one, what's hindering your relationship with Jesus in your own faith? And then two, you almost mm-hmm. have to ask a question, what has influenced that faith? So it's kind of both because one, like, like I think about if you hear something that's good news, if you hear something that truly is life-changing, if you hear something that truly changes your life, it's hard not to share that with anybody. You know, if you're some, if there's something that's passionate, yeah. um, if you're passionate about something, if something truly has changed your life, oftentimes you're going to share that, whether it's like you're getting married or you got into uh, a school you've always wanted to get into, or just the simple things of you, you got a job or like, um, or if you reconciled with a, a family member, there's so many things that's like, man, if it changes your life, you're going to share that with people. Yep. And so if, if Jesus, your faith has truly changed your life and you're not sharing it, part of me is like, do you really know Jesus? Hmm. I'm sorry if that sounds harsh, but do you truly hmm. know Jesus? Because listen, this was the guy that came back from the from the debt he, he he conquered the grave and then you know when we talk about the wild expansion of the gospel the wildfire expansion of the gospel this dude walked through walls and showed up in rooms where the doors mm-hmm. were closed so he had no bounds and unfortunately i think again from a, now from a corporate standpoint maybe we've learned a, a certain faith or a way of doing faith or church that has been structured and programmed Mm. and we're actually putting walls up where jesus actually walked through those and it's not necessarily about those and so maybe that's kind of like maybe an in general but part from a personal standpoint do you really know jesus has he really set your heart ablaze and if you haven't man i wouldn't challenge y'all like to step out a little more in what it means to have faith and to know a jesus that truly knows no bounds and that's the mm. gospel he's talking about. And then from a corporate standpoint, maybe we as the church, in an attempt, maybe a good attempt, to try to capture some good things about the gospel, we have created systems and processes. And maybe maybe more, more so in our westernized society of maybe business type culture or capitalistic culture of setting processes in place to try to achieve the greatest outcome or, or to produce something, we can maybe try to over... Um, structure and overproduce certain outcomes when really it comes down to relationship and the Holy Spirit is really the ones that produce that fruit, not our processes. Mm. And so sometimes I feel like we've over structured it at times that we've taken away people's wild out of the fire. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. The spontaneity, the, the um, unpredictability, the uncontrollable part of it. And actually you, it came to mind that, um, it would be similar to a controlled fire, right? Where yes. we have um, the parameters set and, and determine how far we are comfortable with it going, which is very good when you're dealing with a literal fire. But when you want to see something spread and, um, and, and take over, like we, like we see little moments inside of, you know, history through revivals and, and obviously acts as we mentioned, but it's, uh, it's almost taking our hands off and we have controlled it to the yeah. extent that it is no longer wildfire. It is 
um, something that's manageable, something that feels safe to us, something that mm-hmm. ultimately maybe we haven't turned over our control to say, okay, God, do whatever you're going to do. Just make it happen. Yeah. Well, and, and to that point, think about it. Why do we try to contain a fire? Because when we have a controlled fire, we think what's the worst that can happen. We want to make sure that it doesn't, you know, burn up things. So like we're working out of, we want to control this. But when you talk about wildfire, you're now thinking, what's the, <laughs> to use some terminology that we've uh, learned from some leaders uh, recently, what's the best that can happen? And if you're trying to light as many things as possible, you start to look for opportunity rather than what the worst case scenario could be. Mm. And, and so I think in an attempt of the church to try to get people to fully understand maybe the commitment and depth of um, what it means to share the gospel, it even tiffs over theological differences. What we've created is a reluctancy of the people to actually live out their faith, share their story, and to follow a God that doesn't really have bounds. Yeah, <laughs> He has principles mm. and, and some things within them that like mark the kingdom that we can recognize. But we've, we've tried to make it into maybe a, a cookie cutter approach to like, we need this, we need this, we need this. Now, are disciplines and certain steps and different things important? Absolutely. Yeah. But... Yeah. I mean, in some, some of, cases those stoke the flame, right? Like right. that, those are meant to that. And that's where you cross the line between maybe a, uh, a legalistic, um, boundary or structure that is no longer, um, you know, cultivating a hot wow. heat, but is instead creating a, uh, a boundary that, that contains and does not allow the fire to spread. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, one other thing I'll throw in there, I think, is um, especially in the society and culture that we live in here in the United States, it, it is highly driven by uh, a lot of consumeristic ideas. We have more than what we need. We have more than enough. And so because of that, maybe our, our need to rely on God to show up in ways that would blow our minds and... Uh, mm. would literally save us, if you will. Like we don't have to lean on it as much as some other cultures and contexts do. And so I think in a way, talking wild, while talking fire language here, it waters it down a little bit and maybe mm-hmm. quenches a little bit of the potential for that yeah. fire. And so we have to, in some ways, almost actively um, keep the water away in order so that the fire can, can be stoked in, in work, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, I know we're kind of winding down our time here, but uh, just one last question. How do you see the spark? What is the spark that starts the wildfire? You know, um, Eric, we've talked about the nuances of this uh, a little bit, and I'm excited to kind of bring some more leaders into this conversation, but we've talked about the yeah. difference between uh, gospel and the good news, mm. um, the difference between sharing the gospel and sharing the good news. Now, um, let me define that. We've talked about sharing the gospel is like who God is, who we are, who Jesus is, and how you know he's working to redeem the world. Like That's kind of the story of the gospel that we can share. But to, to share the good news is taking that story and 
putting it into context to where why that is good news. And so what I would share is like, good news is sharing hope in the face of devastation. It's bringing life to somebody, to dead people. Uh, it's water for thirsty souls. It's, it's food for those who are hungry. It's hope in despair. It's, yeah. it's something that is contagious. The raw gospel, I think, is attractive. And, and yeah. raw gospel is good news. Like It is something that we don't have to decorate up. We don't have to make attractive in itself. But it's, it's genuine, authentic community that is accountable, that is all truth, that is beyond love. It's, it's yeah. this type of thing. And so what sparks that in our own lives is knowing why it's good news. And sometimes, sometimes mm. we only know how good the good news is uh, when we understand what the bad news is. And that can be in society, but that could also be in our own lives. Yeah. And so um, I've got a really good friend who... Um, he works in prisons around the country, sharing the gospel with them. And he oftentimes says and shares that the, these men and women that he gets to talk to that are incarcerated, oftentimes they are stripped of everything that brought value to their life. And they're left with essentially nothing but themselves in a jail cell. And so for them, when, when bringing hope of the good news of Christ and value into their life, mm. he said, there is a depth of grace and new life that many people will never fully understand. And he said, and he claims oftentimes there is a wildfire growing mm -hmm. within uh, the penitentiary system right now and missionaries being sent to other different, even other um, incarceration sites and prisons that are spreading the gospel in there. And he said, if, if they are exonerated and released, he thinks that revival is going to come from them mm. and he doesn't think the church is ready for it. And, it, and it's, it's mostly because man, when you know what the bad news is, the good news is even that much better. And mm. again, in our culture, I think that's tough. And so what's the spark? I think you got to ask yourself, like you talk about sharing the gospel's good news. Why is it good news to you? Do you yeah. know why it's good news? And can yep. you share from your personal experience why it is good news. And, and if it's convicting to you that it is good news, that's going to translate a little bit. But if you don't know why it's good news in your own life, ain't nobody going to, going to care about why it's good news to them. Yeah. No, I think that's great. That's, that's a good way to kind of wrap up too, is just to cause you who, you know, those who are listening right now to reflect on like what, what stories of goodness, how has God proven himself good to you? And how can you find ways to sow those stories into your everyday conversation with people, moments of rescue moments of um, where you've come to the end of yourself and realized you needed God. And he came through. These are, these are, that's a testimony. I mean, that's mm -hmm. literally what, what a testament is witnessing, becoming witnesses, um, you know, to the world around us. And so I want to encourage those who are listening right now, take stock of those stories. If you've been through rooted, you've, you've done it at least one version of it, but take stock of those stories and, um, uh, come to, uh, a point of resolve that you're going to share it sometime this day or, or in the next two days or this week and make sure you do it. I mean, I, I think it's part as, as much of a discipline as, as other things is, um, us getting over ourselves, I guess, and us getting over the fear that could surround it, all of the things that could pour water, you know, over 
over this fire and to begin sharing this. And I do, I agree with you. I think that that in and of itself could light the, the landscape, the spiritual landscape of Castleton, of Indianapolis, Northeast, you know, of, of all of the neighborhoods represented in our church yeah. could light them up. Yeah. And, it, and if I might add to that, let me deconstruct a little bit. When you said share, share, share. Um, if you've come from a church structure or um, a background where they've said, you need to share these verses, you need to pray this prayer, and you need to do these things, I want to deconstruct that a little bit because what you need to share is how God is changing you and some of that interpersonal relationship of how you've seen God change others. Because um, it could be the simplest thing of like, you know what? Um, and I get to work with our youth, so I see this all the time. They don't have an extensive background in theology. They don't know where they stand on this. There's a lot of I don't knows. And there's power in the I don't know because it's faith, right? And so don't shy away from that. You can say, I'm not sure, but what I do know is... And, and, and those conversations with your interactions with a living God, not just um, yeah. doctrine or a book or what you're told how to share, but your interactions with a living God, how he's been transforming you, it's showing redemption, grace, and, and a mm -hmm. reconciling of all things within you day to day. So it could be the simplest thing of like, you know what? I don't know, but I do know this. When I was at this point in my life, and uh, this person showed up, or I read this verse, it gave me a, a grace that transformed the way I see something. And God has been with me on that every single day. It could be a yeah. super simple thing. That is sharing the gospel at work. It doesn't have to be the mm -hmm. biggest argument or apologetic you can possibly think of. Our biggest apologetic, I think, is the genuineness uh, of our relationship with God and each other that he continues to reveal in us. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Well, that's, that's our show today. Take, take some reflection time on that. Uh, and we will continue here in the future, uh, podcasts, uh, as we talk about and debrief and, um, reflect on the current series that we're walking through at common ground Northeast called wildfire. Cool. We'll see you on the next one. We appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us today. Make sure to check out the previous episodes on Hub Podcast. If you're interested in information on Common Ground Northeast, check out cgnortheast.com. We'll catch you next time.